Hey, I'm Greg. And I'm Nathaniel. Welcome to Only an Inkling, where we only talk about the Inklings. And we only have an inkling of what we're talking about. <laughs> Still got a pop out of mm-hmm. it. Nice. How tall do you think these steins are? Um, foot. Eight inches tall, maybe? Eight or two. Eight or ten, somewhere in that range. <laughs> We've had these ginormous things in the freezer. We've got a cold glass the whole time. And uh, looks like we're both getting the same drink today, huh? Yeah. Doing uh, the I've got a gnat in mine. Zevia Creamy Root Beer. <laughs> he wanted to join in. <laughs> and that really happened. I watched this... Um, this reminds me because we're always doing like a sugar-free sweet soda. We are. Yeah. And uh, it's telling us that we're aging. <laughs> but uh, there's a, a, a YouTube channel that I watch because I keep tropical fish and breed tropical fish. and uh, It's called Michael's Fish Room. And he's it's, it's kind of a crass guy, but he's funny. <laughs> and every episode he's like, all right, folks, grab yourselves a healthy beverage and drink and we'll be right back. <laughs> That's us now, isn't yeah. it? Mm. Seriously, though, this creamy root beer, Zevia, I... It's so good. It is. I don't I, know what it is about it. That's the first time I've had it in months. Yeah. Well, welcome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and welcome to you all. I've got my yeah. book here, Complete C.S. Lewis Signature Classics. <clears throat> and uh, Chapter 9... Here we are. We're almost one third of the away. way through. Yeah, I think like a chap- there are 31 chapters. I think maybe 32. So like a- chapter 11 will be yep. our first milestone. <laughs> but we are continuing in the troughs. Yes. Which were mentioned in the last episode. And the troughs are times of lull and dole. In case you missed it. Yes. Where you feel empty and less satisfied with life, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah, these dull, people call them valley or, moments. Or sometimes in Christian culture we call them uh, dry seasons dry spiritually. Se- yep. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> You're just kind of wiped out. Things aren't exciting. Yeah. I mean, just uh, everything's just kind of bluff. Yeah. don't really have a word for no, it. No motivation or... Yep sense of purpose sometimes creativity is not flowing you might feel depressed yep yep and screw tape is teaching wormwood the actual richness of these times and how to attack during them and i say richness in a funny way they're rich to screw tape and wormwood but to us that just sucks well and if we remember (laughs) the last chapter he talked a lot about to wormwood and he starts the very beginning of this chapter off reminding them hey Remember, the troughs alone aren't in our favor. Exactly. You've got to exploit them. You've got to take advantage. Yep. And last time he talked a lot about how the enemy or God is really uses the troughs. Yeah. 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 So, exactly. These troughs, he says at the end of the letter, um, next week I'll give you some hints on how to exploit them. Right. So he kind of cued us in. It's almost like he gave us his little philosophical premise at first. Right. And now he's going to hash out how it actually plays out uh, in real life. 
So, yeah, these are times where human beings are truly susceptible to all kinds of temptations and downfalls. Yeah. In fact, Screwtape says that when a person is at peak moments, that is, when everything's going well and they feel really good, they are actually less susceptible to these downfalls because they are more resistant to them. It's almost like you're more balanced, you're more aware, hmm. and you're more focused. Therefore, the overall goal is to urge someone in one of two directions. Either complete despair of never getting out of their plight, mm. or toward a moderated complacency, where things like Christianity are only good to a certain extent. Yeah. Basically get to a point of settling is how I took that. Yeah. And I think that's what this letter is going to be about. Yeah. I, I think this is a hard, <clears throat> hard letter to read. Um, as an American, <laughs> hmm. elaborate on I, that. Well, just I think he just rips into a lot of like not by way of brutality, but like there's so much of what Screw Tape or C.S. Lewis says through Screw Tape in this in this letter that I think we really struggle with in our country's culture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of this is dealing with. Um, temptations of pleasure of various kinds he he focuses a lot on sex that's obviously one that is very prominent in our culture um there's also the temptation pleasure of food and eating that our culture struggles with a lot yeah and so there's just a lot of stuff in here it's like man this is really good for us to hear but it's kind of hard to read as an american because it really grinds against even if you i don't know i feel like even if you're trying to be a good faithful christian grinds against a lot of what we kind of just accept as normal a lot of times that's a really good point because as i read the chapter i found myself in this place where i can either truly take to heart what lewis is saying or i can read it and enjoy the chapter as much as possible and push down all the emotionally hard parts (laughs) and just be like the good american yeah Like, oh, that's really great literature, right. and I'm going to move on and not really internalize that because yeah. that would be too painful. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'd i also say, um, you know, we've talked about how this is a satirical piece before. It's just repeatedly interesting how Lewis can just jump right into the meat of things. Mm-hmm. He's, he does it in two pages and gets right into it. There's yep. no building and falling, you know, of, of the story or anything. Mm-hmm. It just cuts right in. Uh, there's yeah I he think. Did, he's a <clears throat> he's a master at this stuff yeah and we'll see how he splits some hairs later on which he always seems to find one or two terms that he really parses out in every letter to make some kind of big point to, right. to ram home and i feel like that's one of the beauties of lewis's writing he's always taking words that you have i say you generally have just kind of settled with mm-hmm. without giving them second thought and he's like let's put this under a microscope <laughs> and the little things that he does with them makes huge impacts really parts away with yeah. natural resonances with the term so i love that <clears throat> yeah that's great well we've also got to remember that this tactic of you know one way or the other despair or complacency this is under the larger category of what Screwtape in- introduced to us last chapter, known as the Law of Undulation. 
Yep. The the waves or the to and fro or back and forth. Rise and fall. Rise and fall. The changes. That is all human beings, according to Screwtape, are continuously flowing in the natural phenomenon, he calls it, of going through smooth, balanced times and then dull, unsatisfying, unbalanced times. And Screwtape wants to teach Wormwood some of his tactics for taking advantage during the dull times, like you were saying. Yeah. Well, this first tactic is, as you said, Nathaniel, sexual temptation. Yeah. And let me just say that this tactic is not necessarily what I expected it to be because, like we said, Lewis is such an expert <laughs> at splitting hairs with definitions. So let me, <clears throat> let me explain a little bit here. It's no surprise to anyone that when you are down, sexual temptation is crouching at the door, wouldn't you say? I would agree with that, yes. Okay, so... It's like a package deal with downer times, right? Like, yeah. uh, if it, right, you purchase your depression, your sexual temptation, yeah. that's a bonus, to, you know. But, now you can feel even worse yeah, about yourself. Exactly, exactly. That's exactly yeah. what we're going to get into. But the Lewis, I call it the Lewis screw tape mixture, says this really isn't about merriment. <clears throat> he says it's not about merriment or, you know, we'd say joy. And he elaborates here. When a person is happy and celebrating and drinking, for example, this time of merriment borderlines a joyful and even spiritual experience. Now, for this reason, it is a more delicate battle for the demons to bring a person down in their times of joy. But in the trough times, like these low, dull, dark times, temptations of pleasure serve as what screw tape calls an anodyne you yeah. remember coming across that word so yeah. i had to look that i up, had to look course. it up too now anodynes <clears throat> are like painkillers right it's an old, an old word for yeah. pain pain numbing medicines yeah yeah so anyone who's taken like an over-the-counter med for a cold for example they know that the medicine does not actually cure the cold right we don't have right. a cure for colds But what you're doing is treating the symptoms to try to placate the misery you're experiencing (laughs) until the cold passes, right? Yeah. So, like, keep that in mind. So, when you reflect on the darkness inherent in the strategy, it's, like, super gloomy. But this is something that everyone knows deep down. So, if you find yourself tempted to do something unhealthy, or in the Christian sense, something not God-honoring, you really know that you're just placating your dull moment and that you're going to return to it right yeah and so i think it's that knowledge that is that once you engage a temptation you're just going to return to the dullness yeah and that makes it all the more depressing yes it's like what you had just joked about about uh, what what did you say i said uh well we were talking we were kind of made a joke at like depression or dull down times right, right. sexual temptation is kind of a package deal with yeah. that it's like you've got you bought your depression here's your free yeah. bonus of sexual temptation and it's like yeah now you can feel even worse about yourself exactly and yeah. it's that last part of what you said and yeah. i know i'm just going to feel worse because you knew that by even engaging the temptation it wasn't going to go anywhere that no. actually led to merriment no. in, in Lewis's language. Uh-uh. And it, yeah. I mean, when I read this, I mean, it sounds like he's describing, here's how we create an addict. Yes. 
Exactly. Now, he, he talks a lot about sexual temptation, but he mentions just sensual pleasure in mm-hmm. general. Um, and and here's, here's how we create an addict, yeah. and that's in our favor. So. Exactly. That's exactly what I thought. Anytime you're pursuing something that you know, there, there is the word pleasure, but it has to be the word pleasure with any sense or imagery within us of any type of happiness attached to it. Yeah. It's something that is more of a placator of your misery right. that actually leaves you off feeling worse than before. Right. And I think the nature of that also means that it tends to be done, maybe not always, but often alone in isolation. Oh, you think so? I think often. I mean, he talks about, you know, you're you're more likely to, to make um, an alcoholic, essentially, when you have someone that's, you know, uh, drinking alone to soothe their pains or sorrows or whatever versus in a group merrymaking so, oh, okay uh, i got gotcha. you i was yeah. kind of i was actually thinking like people in groups being brought down always with their groups and like, well that probably yeah like, i know i know i shouldn't do this but i got this peer pressure going sure. on this and that and it's not going to feel good anyways but yeah so you know these engagements with with trough temptations are not times of merriment and if we call them pleasure, we have to do so without any sense of fulfillment mm-hmm. or joy in mind. Because that is just not the mind of a demon, as we've seen in this narrative. It's so like, here's how subtle this is in Screwtape's mind. And I'll quote him here from the book. And I actually took one of the lines first and then jumped back to another line. He says, I know we have won many a soul through pleasure. Mm. All the same, it is his invention, God's, yeah. not ours. It's like God invented, he, he makes pleasure, right? Wants yeah. us to experience pleasure. Yeah. Never forget that when we are dealing with any pleasure in its healthy and normal and satisfying form, we are, in a sense, on the enemy's ground. That is, experiencing pleasure in its healthy form, which yeah. we have to understand what that means. That is God's territory. Therefore, they must distinguish between merriment and numbing or anodynes. Yeah. And the overall formula, says screw tape, is to increase the craving and diminish the pleasure. The pleasure. Yep. That's that's addiction. Yeah, he talks at the end about um, we want to take the human soul and give them nothing in return. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah just deplete them yeah there's this video i came across where an animator was trying to create a little mini cartoon animated film it's like eight minutes long uh, very simple drawings and it's about addiction and he showed it in a room full of mental health practitioners and, and providers um to see if the sketch and animation resonated with how they have actually experienced their patients working through addiction okay and i'll have to go back and find it and send it to you because um it had me in tears and it's really kind of it sounds goofy like when i explain it thinking about it it's just this little like black and white drawing this little character that has like this big like cone shaped nose almost kind of like a duck looking figure okay and it like consumes this substance and when it does it's like whole world just becomes like bright and shining and it runs and it flies super high yeah and then um it crashes back into the ground 
And when it does, it gets a little hurt. Right. And for like five more minutes, it keeps repeating that process. But every time it consumes this this thing, it runs a little bit slower, it jumps a little uh. bit higher, and it continues to crash until <clears throat> finally it is totally depleted. Yeah. And, oh, it's so heartbreaking to watch. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, this is just like a five or eight minute summary of the addicted life Man. that just gets ruined. Yeah. Totally emptied out. Yeah. And that's what Screwtape is saying to Wormwood here. Yeah. Your goal is to empty this person of any notion of joy, of healthy pleasure. Right. And keep them constantly on the pursuit yeah. to where the satisfaction becomes less and less and less. Which fits with what he was talking about in chapter 8 when he's drawing a distinction when screw tape is drawing a distinction between what they as demons and devils look for mm-hmm. and desire and what God wants and how God is overflowing but they're always taking in. They want to consume. We view the people as cattle finally ready to be food. Uh, yep. Um, so this idea of depleting them completely, utterly, is fits very well. Yeah. I've always <coughs> wrestled with the passage of Scripture that says, you know, um, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah. And, you know, in John's Gospel, you've heard of how that's, um, you know, mainline tra- or interpretation of that passage is like, well, this was really a pastoral interpretation of protecting the the fences around that had your sheep and cattle and all that but i think it's just been hard experience wise for people to not read it as the devil really wants to kill me yeah (laughs) i think that's still at least true whether the passage is correct for the interpretation or not i think it's still fair to say that like you know, at least Lewis was cueing us in on this, that, hey, these guys still want you completely yeah. depleted and, and to die. Yeah, and to, yeah, they want to get you into hell forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the walking goal. dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> there's no joking around with that. No, 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 no. yeah, it's the real deal. It's yeah. the real walking dead. Right. Um, there is some hope, though, I think. We're getting kind of, it is a dark and gloomy passage, but... And I snuck ahead at the next one, and it sounds like it's going to be sad, too. But um, this chapter right here, uh, the the quote that you read from Screwtape that talks about how pleasure is an invention of God. Mm -hmm. He admits there that despite all their research, they've never been able to to create a distinct pleasure that Mm -hmm. they can utilize. Mm -hmm. Um, They can only take advantage of pleasures God made that are in distortion. Mm-hmm. Which reminded me, when I read that, I forget if we were in chapter 1 or the introduction um, of, of the screw tape letters when we first started recording. And I mentioned that the Lord of the Rings and how Sauron and Saruman, the dark side is all uh, imitation or mockery mm-hmm. or... Uh, in response to the actual real things that are good, like the orcs are, are a distortion of the elves. Yeah. Um, and I think that's interesting that Lewis plays on that idea here, again, recognizing that although the enemy or the devil in our context, right. not, not Screwtape's context, mm-hmm. 
is working against us and using pleasure as a weapon and a, and a tool to trap us. Pleasure is a creation of God, mm-hmm. and He only has power to use that which has been distorted of pleasure. So perhaps there's hope for us that we can, if we can recognize that and remember it, maybe we can find our way to putting that pleasure back in order. Exactly. you got to have that awareness. <clears throat> yeah. Isn't it interesting that the pleasure you experience in its healthy form, we assume here, is uh, like in ways that are God-pleasing. They are very enjoyable. They make you feel more human than ever. Like, he's talking about like sex in the context of your marriage, for example. That That's all expressions of who God is. Yeah. And isn't it funny that as these demons say we have no way of inventing pleasure it's because they can only do what is an expression of what they are yeah you know it's like the old oh, cart- that's good yeah it's like the old cartoons and like there's like these beautiful tulips and like the skunk walks past them and you can see the odor of the skunk and the flowers just die yeah it's like <laughs> that's like the nature of the demons it's the only thing they can do is just corrupt everything yeah you know so they're just out looking at all of God's beauty. And isn't that funny? They can see all of God's beauty. Yeah. So they go immediately after it to try to tear it down. But that's right. that's all they can do. Yeah. Because that's what they are. Right. You know? So um, this tactic, I think, from a bird's eye view, is to take that natural order of things from which God made them and distort them, like you said. And when I was thinking about this further... I was thinking about how this is why we can see so much good and bad mixed together in the world. It seems like we are at once doing good and not quite getting it right all at the same time. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Like, have you ever done something perfectly yet? You know, I'm like still (laughs) after getting something perfect, you know, and it's always mixed together. The book of James in the Bible, I came across this this morning, chapter 3, verses 9 through 10 says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings Mm. who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. And of course, as a good pastor, my brothers and sisters, this should not be. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In case you were wondering. Right. (laughs) Stop it. Yeah. So, Stop it. Yeah. Life is caught up in this yin and yang, black and white dualism thing, which provides the Christian, and this reminds me of what you're saying, who is aware and thinking to ponder at any moment. And I think they ask these two questions what is happening right now and why? Hmm. It, you know, to hold that awareness at any moment could provide some kind of discovery. Those two simple questions. We might, we just might be able to realize whether any situation or event is, in Lewis terms, leading us closer to God or pulling us further, further away, away from God. Yeah. And uh, I like to ask that that question with clients. If I if I get any sense that something is happening, or the mood has changed, or there's a change in body language, if if I can catch it, if mm-hmm. I'm aware enough, I say, Hey, what's happening right now? And maybe they'll catch it too, and we can yeah. talk about that and acknowledge that change. That's good. But um, I bet eighty percent of the time we miss it. <laughs> <laughs> I I would agree with that. I would, yeah. you know, um, my wife 
um, is, a, is a very different personality than I am, which is, a, is good because it challenges me. Um, and she is really big on striving to be ever more self-aware. Mm-hmm. And um, I am much more avoidant by nature than she is. Okay. <laughs> and so she'll talk to me about some of these things and I go, man, that sounds really good but really exhausting how do you maintain that like fuel or motivation to re- to like keep pressing into being self-aware because for somebody like me that just sounds like it's really would be a good thing for me but it also sounds like it would be a very tiring experience trying to be that self-aware yeah yeah and she and then she'd have to share with you the the joyfulness of it and then you'd have to share why it exhausts you. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, that could lead to some really big conversations. That probably you know? could. Yeah, yeah. But I resonate with that too. I, I mean, you know me. I like to, I like to do that stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I can get burnt out too. And when when I get burnt out, it's because I, I found some things I didn't like. Okay. And I'm not saying that's your case, but those are my moments of like. All right, I really get the sense that I did some kind of work, yeah. you know, and I'm going to go sleep now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's probably a good attitude. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm posing this as a question uh, as someone that struggles to remain self-aware, not as a, I don't think we should, because I think right. I need to. Right. But it's, it's, a, it's a challenge. Yeah, and <clears throat> nobody is totally present. Yeah. I'm not sure it's like, I mean... I know some modes of therapy, like your goal in life is to self-integrate every spaced out part of you to where you're 100% aware, aware of everything at all times so that you are truly fully present. Yeah. But like, do we really think that that's possible? Like I'm looking at you right now and can I really internalize everything around me right now? Like my backpack over there, mm-hmm. the couch over there, the lights over there, my phone right here. like. Yeah. How I'm feeling, what the smells are in the room. I can't hold all of that in my mind at some point. Yeah. But I guess some of those goals are the more you are like equipped to do something like that, the more you can catch all the subtle nuances in your relationships and thoughts. I mean, surely it's got a lot of huge benefits. But the ability to do something like that 24-7, or at least while you're awake, man, that's got to be exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I feel when I think about it. I'm and, not and, even doing it. I'm just kind of trying to conceptualize the possibility, and I think trying to think about doing it. I think, oh, yeah. What? <laughs> Thinking about working out and feeling like you worked out. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, and and you know, FYI, folks, don't try don't try it like your first couple go rounds while you're driving. Right? Don't try to focus mm. on everything. Like focus on your driving. Yeah. Road, you know because start getting caught up in your feelings and thoughts and images and you might yeah. wreck, wreck the car so yeah. don't do that c.s lewis though is a good exercise for i think improving self-awareness at least the screw tape letters has been oh yeah because it, he really brings up practical things that you face all the time yep. every day he is so practical and so going through this book is i think a great exercise for s- slowly increasing self-awareness he's a desert father in my mind i i (laughs) love the desert fathers okay i'm totally convinced you know early 300s uh a.d and onward yeah 
these guys were the very first psychologists and they were so practical and they didn't they loved theology right from what i've studied about them they did all kinds of theological practices and studied and they were well studied they knew all kinds of different uh, indoctrinations from many different religions mm -hmm. so they weren't afraid to go there but what they were very like strict about was we're not going to waste our time on anything that doesn't seem to like where rubber meets road it doesn't if it doesn't have any practical use in your life we're not going to waste our time hmm. it's like one of the their famous little anecdotes they have you know the sayings of the desert fathers one was this one guy who was like known to be the most theologically astute among all the other desert fathers in their area he had all these famous people from all the world all over the world coming to visit him all the time and this one guy traveled you know so far spent all this money to come ask this guy this theological question about the trinity well he gets into the tent with this desert father he asks him <coughs> his big question and the desert father just sits there and stares at him yeah and the guy's like hello did you hear my question so he asks him again this question about the trinity the desert father says nothing the guy's like look I spent all this money. I traveled all these miles to get to you. Mm -hmm. I have this deep theological question. Aren't you going to answer me? Finally, the Desert Father looks him in the eyes and says, If you've got some heavenly, high, lofty theological question for me, you're asking the wrong guy. Go ask your pastor or whatever else. Yeah. But then he follows it with, If you've got something practical you want to ask me, I'm your guy. And I thought, like, that's great. You yeah. know what I mean? Like... <laughs> The Trinity is a, is an important theological concept, and I'm not saying right. it's not important, but at least the specific question that the guy had regarding it, the Desert Father in his mind is determining, at least in regards to your specific question about this theological concept, I got nothing that's of value for you, unless you just want to sit here and have some kind of like yeah. philosophical fun, which sure. he wasn't interested in. You've been listening to Only an Inkling. If you like this podcast, you already know what to do. 